And we are live with Cindy Hill. How are you doing, Cindy? I am doing wonderful here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's yeah. early there. It's three o'clock. I, even though I live in Fort Lauderdale, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. And okay. in the Midwest at four o'clock, it gets dark. Okay. Nope. Still light here. And yeah, sunny too. Sunny and not, and and no and no longer raining. My son moved there ten days ago to Encino, where you are, and mm-hmm. it, it was raining a lot. And I said, I thought it didn't rain in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nope it it rains and yeah. yeah. And he said it's and he said it's cold. No, it, it's freezing. I walk in the morning and I'm not walking in the morning. So it it was they had a frost advisory this morning which never happens. He said, mom, it's so cold. But anyway, we're not here to talk about my son in California. We Mm. are here, Cindy, because it is Women Investor Mm. Wednesday. And I met you at the Massimo Con in Dallas, right? Right. Do you remember where we met? Uh, We met in the women's bathroom, yes. And we have a selfie to prove it, right? (laughs) You know, because we thought there... The commercial real estate is mostly male dominated. And so when you have a strong group of women, it deserves a, you know, a selfie in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It does. Mm-hmm. I loved that conference. Did you enjoy that conference? Oh, it, it was, I met so many nice people. And like I said, I you asked me to be on this and you are uh, the result of one of those. So, yeah, so it's, it's great. Well, there weren't that many women there. And I, when I got there the first day, I looked around and, and I, you know, there was, there was a good enough amount of women, but it was probably 80, 20. Right. right. And I said, I'm going to go meet every single woman here. And I think I walked up to your table and said, hi, I'm Beth. You were giving like high fives to all the women, right? Yeah. So, so in wearing red, of course, your signature red. Of course. And then I said, what do you do? And then you said, I own real estate. I said, oh, you have to come to my, either my conference where I'm trying to get women to invest, or certainly you need, I need to interview you on our Women Investor Wednesday, because every time I meet a woman who is an investor, I want to loop them in and try to tell, have you tell your story so that, because what I'm finding, Cindy, is when I say to women, well, why aren't you investing? I think they don't see enough of us. So my my motto is, if you can see it, you can be it. So every right. time I meet an investor, I'm like, I need to interview you because the more of you mm-hmm. I get on stage, I think the more women in the audience will feel more comfortable and will try it. Okay. okay. So- so that's where we're going to start. So how long have you been investing? Okay. So I have been investing probably for 35 years. So I've been in the business about 35 years and um, investing for about 35 years. So, so wow. Cause I started in 86, but I didn't start investing till 92. It took me six years. Yeah. So you, just, you just did it right out of the gate. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, um, I think, well, I mean, the the first property I own, I mean, it's it's rented, it's paid off free and clear, and I'm netting, I don't know, 4,500 a month. And so, um, but that was the first property. And then I went to an eight unit apartment building 
which I think I bought for around 550,000, which is very cheap for the market I'm in. And I, I still um, own the property. I tend to um, like, like sometimes when I deal with bigger clients and they do syndication, sometimes we flip properties, but I like long-term holds is, is what I like. And right now, I'm doing accessory dwelling units, ADUs on five five properties. Um, so so that's kind of the the direction. Anyway, so that's what I what okay. I'm doing currently. Okay, I'm gonna and unpack a lot there. So um, your first, besides single family home, your first uh -huh. purchase was an eight unit apartment building. How did you, how'd you find it? Well, let's back up. Tell everyone what you do in commercial real estate. What is the job besides just being an investor? Okay, so I sell apartment buildings and I've sold in one area for 30, I stopped counting at 35. So, so for at 35 years, okay. And so what it was is just um, a client, I, I had my junior agent, and so a client just offered to carry the paper and gave us a really good deal because we brought him so many good deals. And um, then my partner and then I ended up buying him out and I still own the, the property. So amazing. Yeah. So so that was my first multifamily. And then the assets I own are mostly multifamily, with the exception of I own one commercial um, building and I own it with a bunch of friends and it's leased to a major um, a major studio. So, okay. so because where I'm at um, in Burbank, it's, you know, there's a lot of studio presence. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Okay. So, so you buy the eight unit, how great you got this great opportunity. So, so I have people that say to me, I, I'm not comfortable investing because I feel it's a conflict of interest with my brokerage business. So what, tell me what you think about that statement. Um, well, I think at least where I am, you have to disclose if, I, I feel like as long as you disclose, why are we doing this? Because where the wealth truly is, is owning assets and also it's sheltered by depreciation. So if you don't know your market, I mean, that's the advantage we have by being real estate agents. So most of the people, most of the wealth and stuff is acquired through property, not broke. I mean, I still do well with brokerage, but the true wealth and the wealth I can pass on to my kids um, is, is through real estate. So that's the advantage of, of owning it and also I feel it makes me a better broker because I have all this passive income and I, I don't live or die by any deal. So you can just focus on what's the best advice I can give the client. So I, I, I don't think it's a conflict of interest as long as you're forthcoming that you are the buyer or a partner in, in the situation. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that, if I was going to, if let's say I was 
a buy if I was a broker representing buyers looking in Encino, California for multifamily apartment buildings, and I also was looking for multifamily apartment, then that's a conflict, right? But mm-hmm. if I am leasing warehouses and I want to go buy a strip center, that I don't see that as a conflict whatsoever. Right. Right. right? I, yeah. I remember we were in, when, in my prior life when I was with a company for 18 years, we got hired to sell to shopping centers. Okay. And as we were, and, and the client said, this is the price we I want for these two shopping centers. Right. And they hired us as the investment sale broker. And we were preparing the information to go to the, to the market to sell these two shopping centers. And the more we delved into the due diligence of the properties, we said to ourselves, we should buy these. So we, we went and saw the client and we said, look, we love these two assets. You want eight and a half million each or no, four and a half million each. So nine million total. We are prepared to pay you the nine million. But if you are uncomfortable doing that, we will not do it. And we will continue to be the selling agent. We will go to the market and get you the highest price possible. And if a price comes in less than nine, we're still interested in buying it at nine. And the client said, no, if you'll buy it at nine, that, that was the price I wanted. You know, great. And we bought the two properties. Right. Yeah. And that the last building I bought was a little over a year ago, a 10 unit. And the same thing, I was getting the listing and I'm like, I own several buildings around here. I would love to buy the building. Same thing. If you're at all uncomfortable, we're not going to do this deal. You know, so, so, you know, you're the client, you control the situation. So again, and they felt more comfortable with me actually as the buyer, um, just, you know, because I'm like straight shooter, I'm not going to play any games or, or whatever. And um, yeah, so, so as long as everyone understands, I, I don't, I don't see a conflict. And if he would have said, no, I would have marketed the property. Right. Like, no, no problem. Right. No problem. Yeah. So, okay. Right. So you, so how many uh, approximately, so you have the most of your properties are multifamily, but you do have this commercial building. Are they all around? How many are they? Like, I think you said maybe eight to 10 of them. Yeah, I think 10. And they're all in the area that I work, you know, they're all in, and I, I mean, the only reason I like doing that is just because I know my market. And when you get outside of your market, then you get into like, oh, this has weather problems. I didn't anticipate uh, extra air conditioning expenses or um, so, so for me, that's what's worked for, for me. You know? Me too. Uh, my five shopping centers are all within 10 minutes of my house. Right. Yeah. I, I know the market better than anyone. Right. I right. can make moves faster than anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. But, so I, I'm a big believer in that. I guess they call it farming. And now I've started um, investing as a limited partner with Natasha Falcone, who was on this Women Investor Wednesday, I think last week. And I've started investing with her and she's been doing eight, 10 unit apartments. And in the two sub markets that we're investing in, it's the same thing as 
She's gotten, I think, three or four in this one submarket and three and four in this other submarket. But she knows the submarkets better than anyone else. Right. Yeah. The challenge, what I told her, and I don't know if you've come across this, is I've said to her, at some point, people are going to figure out who you are. Like, stay, like staying under the radar and not being the big cojona in the market and then people expecting you to overpay. Do you, have you come across anything like that? Yeah, well, I try to like be like really hide myself in LLCs. So I'm not like if people Google me, I'm like single entity LLCs. And um, I have one partner who I own three buildings with. And he like he the way we did the operating agreement, I'm pretty hidden in you know, just so I don't, so if someone Googles me, I don't think everything shows up. So, so I try to be more under the radar because also yeah. I don't want to be a target. Like I would just rather be low key than, yeah. Hey, I own all this. So, yeah. yeah. So, gotcha. so I, I, and I, I, there's much bigger fish than me in, in my real estate market. So, gotcha. but yeah. So what, um, so, so you do have partners. Do you, are do you have, like, I have some properties, I have 20 partners, another property, I have one partner, you know, it just kind of depends. How does it work with you? Yeah. Um, I would say half of my portfolio is just me. And then I have one partner who's so easy that I own three buildings with. And then the other, there's someone that owns a ton of real estate that um, he, those are the bigger properties that he actually syndicates. But, um, you know, I get the brokerage fee going in, going out, and I put in equity because I believe in the deal or I see it upside. But um, I don't like the day-to-day -day management of it. So, so I have a management company and my son works for me and so he handles like a lot of you know i want him to learn the business so i make him collect coin look at the property and everything so it's kind of um it's just a, a bunch of different buckets but it to me it makes sense when you yeah. say collect coin do you mean the rent or do you mean like the so he collects yeah so so but but by doing that, once a month he goes to the property and also, you know, we'll see if there's any problems or issues. So so it's kind of like two things because I don't always drive by by properties every, you know, every month. So how least, old is your son? Um, so my son's 29. Okay. So does, does he like doing it? Um, I think so. I think he's my operations person. I think he likes the investing more than the day-to-day -day real estate of it. So, yeah, so so I think he does does like that. And actually he owns part of a couple buildings. So I made sure he he invested, invest in it and he's gonna buy, you know, his first property on his own and then um, build an ADU on it. So, so I wanna yeah. talk about that because I don't know anything about this. ADU okay. stands for what? accessory dwelling units and so in los angeles there's not a lot of affordable housing 
So the cities letting people build accessory dwelling units with um, not, you know, you don't have to have the parking or whatever on it. So, so, um, so what happens is you can build these units and I'm averaging maybe 11 to 12% return on building these accessory dwelling units because you can build uh, like for every four units, you can build one unit. And um, so it just enables you to increase the density on a property and it's cheaper than like, if you, if you own a 10 unit, you could build two, it's cheaper than going and buying a duplex. So, so, it's, so you, but you have to have the land to be able to do it. Right, the land or for example, on carport parking, you can go up um, and build it above a carport. <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, there, are, and I have um, on a 15 unit, there's like these, this enclosed whole storage space that's huge. So you can build two units there and that's in a very good and section. You, do you have, so you have to, do you have to build the kitchen, the bathroom and a bedroom? Yeah. Uh -huh. can you can you disclose how much it costs to build one of these things sure well every property is different so on the one that's already enclosed on two units i think that bids around two hundred forty thousand. but the in that market the cost per unit is probably 400 a door so so i mean i'm substantially increasing the value of the property and the cost per unit. So, so it makes, it makes sense. I can't wait to like hang up and call Nat Natasha and say, can we, I, I don't know what the rules are. I, I guess that the city rules, rule, right? right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it's city and it's my market. I have, I have no, I am very market specific. So, so I, I don't know, but it's one per four unit. And I noticed all these people, you know, were, I would say two years ago, were like, oh, okay, how many ADUs can I build? You know, so I thought, wait a minute, okay, there's something here. So I copied and I got their architect, you know, so I just, I just, it wasn't me originally, it was just copying who right. was making a lot of money. So now when you're looking at deals to buy, you're looking to see if there's any way you can add some of these ADUs, right? Possibly. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Okay. So when, at some point, did you go get a loan from a bank? Like, did you get financing? Um, the first deal was owner carry. Okay. Um, sometimes it's cash if you have to be competitive and then financing afterwards. And um, one of my partners, we like, well, one of, so I have an LLC called BDE, best deal ever. Like we bought, we bought the building, we bought the building all cash and then we refinanced like afterwards. Wait, so, so, wait, so tell yeah. the audience what you mean by sometimes you have to do a cash to be competitive explain i know what that means but i need you to explain to the audience oh okay so so if it's a really good deal and you want to be competitive or you want someone not to take their property to the market 
you can say, oh, I'll, I'll pay off cash and I'll close it in yeah. a week, 10 days, what, whatever. And it, it sets you apart from someone with a financing contingency, getting a loan and everything else. Okay. But have you ever gotten traditional financing from a sure. bank or a lender? Yes. So can you remember the, so this is a big fear of women. Okay. Because okay? they're like, I don't know any lenders. What if I go and they turn me down? So can you walk us through, like, you know, were you very far along with the portfolio so that it was easy? You know, tell us about that. Um. Okay. So, so if I'm buying five units and up, it's commercial and it's basically based on the net operating income of the building. So it's not necessarily me. So, so usually what I do is just run it by my lender and I tend to just use Chase Bank and then just say, okay, what, what will I get? Like what loan amount will I get? And I try to be strong and write no financing contingency because I know I will get that. I will get that loan. You know, a lot of people don't understand that, that in commercial investing, mm -hmm. it's really not about us. Right. Correct. It's really about the income on the deal. Correct. And if the deal's good, you know, I just I was just listening on a on a in a Twitter space where they were talking about people were like, I had terrible credit, and because the deal was so good, I still got the loan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, so sometimes people like, I'm afraid to go to the lender because I had some, you know, I got a divorce and my credit's not good. I'm like, it's not about you. It's about the deal. Yeah. But sometimes you have to check if you have a foreclosure, like if you have, like you need to check with For that sure. lender and just say, oh, I've had this is it right. an issue. So, but there haven't been foreclosures in a while. So that would automatically flush out of the, should flush out of the system. So, so when you went to the lender, so, so how did you meet Chase? Let's back up. How did you, did your, did one of your wealthier partners introduce them, them to you or did you just cold call them? Um, no, they, they underwrite a lot of my deals. And so like I have such a good relationship with them. They, how did you get that? Think back to where you first oh, met them. That's when I, I would do loans with Chase. They're the easiest bank to deal with. So as a broker, I would do loans with them. Yeah. So 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 it's like So you were selling you had a listing to sell an apartment complex and the buyer needed a loan. Chase. Yeah, use Chase. And so loans. that's how you got to know them. Okay, yeah. great. Right. So there was a relationship as a broker um, in the normal course of brokering. And then there are, you know, two different hats, investor and broker. Yeah. And so how is the market in California today? You said you bought something like I cannot buy retail. So now I'm like I said, I'm, I'm investing in Natasha's deals as a limited partner, which I really love because all I do is write a check and get a check. I don't have to right. manage the deal. But right. um, how is invest? Is it you know with with in, with the interest rates, etc.? How is the market in SoCal, as my son is calling it? Yeah. So so the so interest rates are higher than cap rates. So the market does to me it doesn't make sense as a buyer unless it's a really good deal. 
So, so that's why I switched to, well, I'm going to make sure I maximize and do these ADUs um, where I'm still putting money into the market, but not actively buying because also last quarter was the first quarter in nine years that um, prices went down in apartments in, um, in my market. So I, for me, it's a little bit unstable, but also never say never. And if a great deal came up, um, I, I would still consider buying it. And just you know, you you marry the property, you date the you date the mortgage on it. So anything can be like re refinanced. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's what I've been telling people. You know. If a great deal comes and I have to sign a six and a half or seven percent interest rate, as long as I don't have a huge prepayment penalty, right? I'm going to lock that sucker in. So, yeah. um, so, so, do you have any funny stories about when you first started investing? Something that happened that, like, it was a lesson learned going forward, right? Like. So I, I don't like people to know I'm the owner of, of the property. So I try to be really low key. And every time people know I'm the owner, like for example, I have a property in Pasadena and this guy was going through chemo. We were redoing all the landscaping. And he said, my mom gave me this banana tree and I wanna, it's emotional and it means a lot to me. So I have, an apartment building with new landscaping and a banana tree. Yeah, but that's by, but that's, so that's like not, you know, that's not saying, um, you know what I mean? I mean, that's just being a good person. You were just a good person. Yeah, but that's like, but that's me. If I look at that, that Cindy do not go walk on your properties and look like an owner of properties. Yeah, so, so that's, yeah, so that's that's my lesson, and that's like like tried and true. Right. Yeah, but also, I try to be nice too. We had a bunch of, you know, COVID. We had riots, and there was like stuff right by an apartment building. I gave everybody gift cards, like at a grocery store, just to like, you know, I I think you also have to be a human being and realize you know, so, so you tend to keep, I don't like turnover and I like being a little bit below, below market. So, you know, and you, you buy your money, you make your money when you buy the deal. So, so I try not to like take every penny out of something. So, you know, so those are my overall lessons. And I don't, like I said, do not be an, do not act like an owner of your, of your property. The banana tree lesson. Yeah. What, um, what uh, so how did the the commercial building come up? Like at what point in your career was it mid, in the middle? Is it recent? Is, was it in the beginning? And how did you say, oh, I just think we should buy that and I'm going to bring in some friends? How did that happen? Okay, so I had a junior agent and his wife was like the one of the CEOs of this company. And they were selling this property. And I'm like, and they set the price. And I'm just like, God, this, this, this is, this seems like a really good deal. And then one of my friends, her parents 
always invested in commercial property and I had her drive by it and just see what she thought. And then um, I had my one of my bigger clients, their legal counsel reviewed the lease and to, to look at it. And then we looked at their infrastructure where they spent so much money on phone lines, infrastructure and everything that they're not going anywhere. Plus we got a lot, a vacant lot, and then now not everyone's going into the office. We've been approached by Starbucks to develop the lot. So, so it was like, we got the property, we got the lot, uh, you know, for, for California, it was like a nine and a half percent return right off the gate. Wow. So, so it was like, and then that's why I put friends into it too. Um, so, yeah. I, so I've recently done two Starbucks developments if you need some help. Okay. That's, that's similar to like adding an ADU. Yeah, no, I mean, it's because, but nobody's, you know, they're having flexible office space. So, so they don't need the extra parking lot. I, right. I think I need to look at it further, but we're going to, but it's a great corridor for, for a star, Starbucks. Yeah. Which, yeah. I can, I can help you. I can give you some, okay. some of my, uh, my lessons learned on my two. Okay. Perfect. Sounds good. So what advice do you have for women that are in the business? Like we are brokers day to day market knowledge, but they're a little afraid to invest. So what, what's your wisdom on what they should be doing and why? I would say just do it, right? I mean, because once you do something, then you get past the fear of it. And then you have to look at, well, what's the worst case scenario? What's what's gonna happen? Um, but I would think to, to do it, and even if the market goes down a little bit, I mean, you're still doing this for the long run or at least that, that's my market model. And um, I'm, you know, I like to keep and hold, but, you know, I mean, you can also see opportunities where you can flip a property too. So I would say just do it or, or what's truly their, their fear, you know, to, I would ask like more detailed questions. You know, I, and what I try to say is look, be, go be an LP don't, mm -hmm. don't put your whole savings account in a deal, go be an LP and do and start small and watch how someone else does it and learn from them. And that might give you some courage to do it, you know, when you find a deal and, and what I tell people, and I don't know if you feel the same way, money's not the problem. It's finding the deals. Yeah, no, you find a deal, the money the money happens. Like I can pick up, like if I found a great deal, I can pick up the phone and the money will follow that. The money is not a problem, but you are right. The, the deal. And if you're in the business and you're in the commercial real estate industry, there's probably opportunities where deals come across your desk and you're handing it off to someone else where you could be a part, you know, a part of that deal. Yeah, no, I mean, the best deals that I found are just by, by flukes and being, you know, or people, other people's juniors 
have said, hey, Cindy, do you have anyone for this? And then I wasn't intending to buy something, but it's like you signed the purchase agreement and you just made a, a half a million dollars, you know? So, so, um, so it's just not, maybe it's after the first one. I mean, maybe there's no fear, you, you know, I mean, there's always something to be afraid of, but, but we're in brokerage and we don't have steady paychecks. So, I mean, we should all be past the fear. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because we would have nine to five jobs, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What do you? So you want to talk a little bit about depreciation and 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 family wealth growth because you were going there earlier and I cut you off because I wanted to slow it up a little bit, but but just chat a little bit about that and and remember some of our audience it's it's you know are new in this so just really think of it and and explain it basically to them so they can grasp it. Okay, so, so let's start with depreciation. So what happens is you buy a property, you allocate a portion to land, and you buy, allocate a portion to building, and then you get to depreciate that over, I mean, it's different for each asset class, but 27, you know, 27 and a half years, 29, 31. So, so that offsets our income. And then there's also, they're starting to phase it out, but there's also um, different, oh, I'm trying to think, my mind's blanking, but um, if you buy a newer building, you can cost segregate. Yes, yeah, yeah, so cost segregation. Right, so so they're phasing that out a little bit, but, but I, I was able to use that. So a lot of this income is sheltered by depreciation. And then, when you pass away, your heirs will get the stepped up basis and they'll get a new set of depreciation. Or if they want to sell it, they don't pay taxes on it unless, of course, there's wealth tax, but that's a different right. subject. So, so if you have money in the stock market and you get dividends, that's taxed at your, your tax rate. So so for me, I, my portfolio in real estate is sheltered a lot of it because of depreciation. So that's one of the reasons why my, my preference is real estate because of that and because we know the market better. So those exactly. are, yeah, those are my two, my two reasons. Absolutely. So I, I told you, I promised you we'd be under 40 minutes. And okay. um, yes, one of the uh, women, Pamela Caldwell, wants to get a hold of both of us. So I told her the best way for me is LinkedIn. How is the best way for her to get a hold of you? Um, LinkedIn's fine. Am I on the LinkedIn? I don't know. Um, I mean, LinkedIn's fine since Cindy Hill, you know, sure. Valley Apartment Sales is fine. Or you can loop us both in, like however, yeah, whatever the preference is. There you go. And my friend Didi Schwab is here and she is in California too. So she might reach out. Okay. So, um, it's been such a pleasure. I'm so glad we met in the women's restroom at the. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, we should have posted the picture, right? You know, yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe what I'll, I'll do it. I'll thank you on LinkedIn and I'll post the picture. Oh God. Okay. Oh God. Cindy, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And I'm so happy that you are a fellow women investor. And thanks of for course. joining us on Women Investor Wednesday from my son's new home in Sino, California. All right. And I'll keep an eye on him like you asked, right? Bye-bye. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. okay, bye. Bye-bye. Nice okay. Thank, thank you. you all for joining. Bye.